Hey, cool kids. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Cool and E podcast. I'm E, your host, and today we have a special guest, Stacey Young. I do want to apologize for the delay between episode four and this one. Depression is a bitch, and for the past few weeks, she's really made me hers. But enough about that. On with the show. We are coming to you live from Stacey Young's office in New York City. So say hello, Stacy. Hi, everyone. Hey, cool kids. Um, so Stacy is a therapist. I guess I can let you introduce yourself. How would you describe yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Stacy Young. I am a licensed clinical social worker, and I just recently opened Sixth Street Wellness, which is a place for people to come and get therapy. Sweet. And our office is super cute. Um, full disclosure: Stacy and I went to grad school together. I just felt like I need to put that out there. Um, but she's well, much more <laughs> qualified than I am for these things. Um, so um, I wanted to introduce you guys to Stacey because you will be hearing her a lot in the future. And I wanted you to get an idea of who she is before she goes full therapist on us. And um, I wanted you to know her as a person. And I also wanted her to like give some advice if about therapy, if you're on the fence. And just tell us about herself. So, um, I guess I'll start with how do you take care of yourself since your job is to take care of so many people? Like, how do you take care of yourself? How do you leave it here if you do leave it here? Um, That's something that I'm interested in. Yeah. One, I think it comes with experience. I think how I take care of myself now is very different than how I took care of myself when I first started out. Um... And I think you just become accustomed more to hearing very difficult topics. You become accustomed more to the daily ins and outs flows as you just be, as you become more experienced. So you're just able to one just take a little bit more. Um, with that said, very early on in my career, I started exercising and getting really, really into the gym. Um, when I first started, I found that it was the only. I would go after work. I would go in the evenings. I just found it was the only way to really calm down from the day. Um, I started out my job as a working at um, a program called the Adolescent Portable Therapy Program, program. and well, Project Project Program, um, and I did in-home family therapy for kids that were involved in the justice system. So, as you can imagine, a lot of really, really intense work. So, just to shake off the nerves before I went home, um, or just to really calm down from the day, I found that was really the only thing that worked. Like a lot of like really intensive work. Um, on the elliptical. <laughs> when we were in grad school, I engaged Stacey in a lot of not-so-healthy coping mechanisms uh, to get through, but that I want to take the fall for that. But, uh, <laughs> mainly because I still engage in many of our not-so-great and healthy coping mechanisms. I mean, we still do some of those, too. We still go after some that's of those fair. kinds of things. Absolutely. Um but that was the main one, and then that slowly turned into running, which has become a really big thing that I do now. Um, you really know, big is an understatement. This woman <laughs> has run on different continents. She has done multiple marathons. For her birthday, she tried to have us out here running in the park, which is why I did not come, because my body does not move that fast. But, like, when I tell you she runs, she runs. So, like, when she's saying it's a big part of her life, she's not kidding. But that wasn't the case when we first met. So that is a result of going to the gym. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you guys can't see me, but I'm not necessarily someone who you look at and be like, oh, my gosh, she must run marathons. 
<laughs> and oh my so, God, stop it. and so, no, I mean, I say that to say that it's not like I turn into like a big like fitness guru. It's more so literally something I do for fun. It's something I do just because it feels good. It keeps me challenged. It's very, very social. Um, it just becomes my other. It just becomes another way for me to expel energy. Um, you know, which I think feels really good because it wasn't always that way. And I didn't always engage in exercise or anything like no, that. No, you didn't. And so, like, I just, I didn't. Um, yeah, she was like me living this sedentary lifestyle that I, <laughs> that me and my tummy embraces so much. The tummy was the tummy. Was, uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah. the tummy was also very young and still could take a lot of yeah. stuff. It's which tummy can. later on in life, um, it could not. Yeah, I did take <laughs> advice from Stacy and like run or do something because. But anyways, okay, so um, was that your first clinical job working with those youth? Mm-hmm. And then where did you move on from there? So that was my first job for the first six years. Um, it was really, really great. I had really awesome supervisors. I had a lot of guidance, which was really, really important. A lot of processing um, and clinical caseloads, which, and I say that because I think that that's a really important thing to know about your therapist, about how they got their training, and about how, you know, where it is that they, um, you know, gained the skills that they did and how they did, um, just because that's a big part of what, you know, implements their practice or what says a lot about their practice. Um, after that, I moved on and worked at a community mental health clinic at a program called Cases. And that program also serves um, people who have been involved in the justice system or courts or touch the court system in some way. Um, but it's also a community clinic, so it serves everyone in the community. Um, I worked at the Harlem location. And so, yeah, so I spent the last year, three and a half years um, working at the Community Mental Health Clinic, um, oh, wow. which was super, super intense. I can imagine. <laughs> super intense. Um, I work, so I work primarily with youth. I was a senior youth clinician. But I also worked with adults and so had a lot of adults that I saw and just ranged from all kinds of diagnoses, everything from schizophrenia, you know, to just mild depression, to anxiety, mm. lots and lots and lots of trauma. I can imagine. Um, you know, a lot of people just trying to survive in this Trump era, uh, a lot of people <laughs> just, trying yeah. to just trying to live their lives. Um, so. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, podcast. currently, um... Do you mainly see kids or do you mainly see adults right now? So when I was at the clinic, I mainly saw youth with a good chunk of adults. Um, so after I completed with um, cases, I transitioned into private practice. I just kind of need to give my head a little bit of a break <laughs> from all the intensity. Mm-hmm. And so switched over to an environment I have a little bit more control over. Um, and so now I primarily see adults. Um, and right now it's young adults. Young adults to mid-30s seems to be... My primary population, I see a handful of kids who just who are in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like 21, 22. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so how do people find you? How, how does one find a therapist these days? How does one find a therapist? So I think that that's a really good question because it's a, obviously as a therapist question I get a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a lot like trying to find a doctor. So you have to think, or a dentist, um, or any other sort of medical professional. So you have to think of it as a medical professional. And what are the same questions that you would ask? Where are they located? Do they take my insurance? Do I want to pay insurance? A lot of therapists don't take insurance. Um, and there's lots of reasons for this, but, you know, primarily. 
it's not it's not uncommon for therapists to not take insurance, um, but you will find some that do. But and if you want to pay with insurance, you do want to um, you know make sure that they do take yours, and you get that cleared before you show up to the appointment and get depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that bill will have you needing a therapist all over again. Yeah, otherwise, you go get a bill. Um, and. <laughs> So there's so those are the main things that you want to consider. And also, too, what is your specialty? So we have, so even in my office building, we have lots of different therapists, and they all do different things. We have we have um, therapists that um, specialize in integrative trauma. We have someone that does brain spotting, um, which is really interesting, and she offers pastoral services. We have sex therapists in here. Um, I personally specialize in depression, anxiety, and trauma. So that's what I market myself to young adults. So that's my main marketing. The way, um, the way to grab everybody. Because I think a lot of us experience at least one of those three. So Yeah, yeah it's pretty pretty general. It's nice pretty, big it's, umbrella. It's a nice, nice big umbrella. Uh, what I like. So I think it kind of opens it up to a large, again, a large population. And I think it helps people feel like, okay, they can say like, yes, I felt anxiety. People have had some sort of symptoms of depression. Um, and many people experience trauma. And so yeah. it's... I feel like it's just recognizable, like. And um, I I know this because this is how I found my therapist. But like, what kind of like what directories are you listed under? Like, where would one search to find you online? Mm-hmm. So I would always start out with looking on Psychology Today. It's kind of like the general phone book when we had phone books of therapists. Um, Anyone who has sort of any sort of legitimacy is on there. So, you know, you, you might have therapist sure. that's not. But you might have therapist that's not. However, it just kind of seems to be the central registry. And it's just the easiest place to start. It's also very easy to get very overwhelmed by it because it's just a list of pictures and names and just all this stuff. Accurate. There so, are a million. Like, the first time I did a therapy search in Connecticut alone, I was just like, why are there a million therapists here? So I can't even imagine New York so because, right. But she's she's not lying. I feel like if you're legitimate in any way, you are on psychologytoday.com. Yeah. And, yeah. and you get to see a picture release, which I like. Yeah, so you get to see that. So then I would head straight over to the filters and start filtering for things that match what you're looking for. Because that will just cut down on the pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of the people that you'll see. So again, if you're looking for insurance, there's insurance. There's specialties. So... You can start marking specialties. There's preferences. So if you're a person of color, so if you want a therapist of color, if you want someone who offers online therapy. So just like how when you're shopping online and you go to ASOS and if you just go to women's clothing, you're going to get a thousand and five sheets. However, if you go and you click through with filters, it narrows it down to much more what you're looking for. So I would start there and I would filter down. Okay. And then after you do that, I would just grab a glass of wine and start looking through profiles. (laughs) just start looking through profiles until you see something or someone that you connect with and I would pick at least like five I think five is a good number to go through and then I would finish that second half of glass of wine (laughs) and just start calling Um, therapists usually work during daytime hours or some that work during the evenings or during um, on the weekends but many of them have ways you can contact them through email so I would just send them an email say hey I'm looking for a therapist you can please call me back and set up a consultation Almost all therapists and um, almost all therapists offer free 15-minute phone consultations. So if you just want to talk to them, get to know them, get a feel for it, maybe ask some more specific questions, 
um, about how they work, just verify the insurance, verify their locations, verify their work hours. Um, I would just call them or send them an email, just letting them know you're interested in their services. Just because you write them an email doesn't mean you're committing to seeing them. It doesn't mean you're obligated and locked in. It just means you're contacting them to find information. Now, chances are in a pool of five, you're going to have one that's not going to call you back. <laughs> because that happens. It's like dating. <laughs> right? You're going to have one that doesn't call you back. You're going to have one that schedule doesn't work with your time. You're going to have one that's not accepting new clients because they're full. You're going to have, um, and if that happens, they may have a waiting list. Um, you know, and so you may end up with like two or three or so that you can have a conversation with. Um, and then from those, then you can just pick one. Now, say you say, okay, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to do therapy with you. Let's go and let's have our full session. Now, just because you get there and you have a full session with them doesn't mean you get there and you just get terrible vibes. You walk in and you're just like, have the first session just like that with them. Okay. Unless like you really, really, really have a strong feeling about it, I would give it at least two or three chances. Okay. At least two or three chances just to fill them out because sometimes it takes some time to get the energy. Again, unless you feel something's really wrong, like you get there and you're just like, nope, like Not totally rude, work. like she already said some disrespectful things. Um, but if it's kind of more nerves and you just kind of have to get used to it, I would give it at least three chances. And then after that, if you like this person, you can always switch. You know, it's not like you're signing a contract and like, wouldn't they require this? It's not like they make you sign a contract that says you're going to see me for 10 or sessions, for 10 sessions or 12 sessions. Um, huh. So if you feel like this is a good match, you can always switch and start the process. I think that's something that people don't know or... Um, I guess it's hard, so maybe can you speak to, this isn't the right term, but I call it like breaking up with your therapist. Oh, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how does one break up with a therapist, either a long-term therapist or someone you've done, like you tried the three sessions and you're just like, this is not working. Like, what do you recommend someone does? Yeah, so, so I'll tell you what happens most times. Those people just drop off the face of the earth. I'm going to uh, come right up and say, so I have done that, and um, I'm not proud of it, but I have done that before. A lot of people do that. I would say most people do that. But okay. it's just, and again, so it's not so, again. It's not very mature or nice. I can admit that, but I was also just like, I, it's like a breakup. No, it's like, it is. I'm it's sorry, so it feels very much like dating, and I'm just like, I don't want to have this fight with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but the, I think that's just it. It should not be a fight. The therapist should be able to respect your choice, respect your decision. Um, so ideally, and ideally, they shouldn't try and force you to stay. Um, if that happens, then absolutely, just you can cut off all contact. Again, you are never responsible for your therapist's feelings, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. There you go. Well, you, are, you are never responsible for your therapist's feelings. Um, they'll be fine. They, have, <laughs> they hopefully have their own therapist, <laughs> um, so they'll be all right. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, they'll be all right. Um, it just fills up with the next spot on the waiting list. It's fine. Right. <laughs> so, so, it's, so you can tell so your I'll therapist say, you don't want to see them without destroying them. <laughs> well, right. So, I mean, and you can do it in a way that I think feels comfortable. But so what I do recommend is I do recommend you stay in therapy. If you like your therapist and you have feel like you have a good flow, that you try to work with them in a way where you get to at least 12 sessions. I feel like it takes at least 12, 12 sessions to accomplish anything meaningful or useful. Huh. Yeah. Um, for them to be able to be able to learn your patterns and to be able to see you through different phases, especially if it's your first time in therapy, I think it takes that long to really like 
able to get comfortable talking about yourself in a very honest way. Uh, um, I think you spend like the first two or three presenting things in the way you think, and then hopefully at that point your therapist has been challenging you, and then they feel, and then you have some, you know, make some more realizations where you're able to talk about things in a more real way, or that thing that you were hiding in the back of your head um, that you didn't, you know, want to bring up or talk about, you know, you finally feel comfortable enough to say. So I would say at least 12 sessions. Okay. At least 12 sessions to stick it out. If you feel comfortable and you feel like you have a good relationship with your therapist, you're very rarely ever done before then. Okay. Um, so, a misconception that I hear all the time, and this is what the, this is what I always hear whenever I'm like trying to convince my friends to go into therapy, is I don't want someone telling me what to do. And I feel like I've said it many times, like my therapist may want me to do something, but by no means can they make me do it. And if I don't do it, like I don't get in trouble, but I feel like maybe if they hear it from a therapist, they will believe it. So do you tell people what to do? Like, Do you tell your clients what to do? Not when it solely comes from me. Okay, like explain that. So therapists in general don't give advice and they generally just don't tell you to do things unless it's like related to like a homework assignment. Like right. I think in that sort of a sense. Okay. So I wasn't like, being too vague. Like I think when people talk to me, they think that like you go to therapy, you say what your problem is. And then they're like, you do X, Y, Z. Like you break up with this guy. You like fix your money. Yeah. Like, like very, like it's very much like I tell you my problem and then you tell me what to do to fix it is, what I feel like is coming across. So oh, can no. you speak to that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, like, I, I don't mind the homework, and, like, sometimes I don't do my homework, but even if your client doesn't do your homework, like, what what happens? Nothing is stupid. It's like everything. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm nobody's mother, so it's, <laughs> it's not, not your mother. I'm not, I'm not really your teacher here. Um, but, so, Telling you what to do is no. In general, therapists are not supposed to give advice and they're not supposed to tell you to break up with your boyfriend or do these certain things. Primary reason, so if something goes wrong and he actually had like a ring in his back pocket and he was about to propose to you hey. and you break up with him, you're not going to be like, but my therapist told me. Your therapist ain't telling you to do nada. You know, so what we help you do is the best therapy and the best way to a therapist for you to come up with your own conclusions and your own solutions. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about what makes this decision hard? What would be the benefits of continuing relationship? What would be the benefits of breaking up with this person? What would be the consequences of breaking up with them? What would be, right? And discuss some things. Are there a lot of really unhealthy behaviors? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sitting here telling me that you're crying every day, you're depressed at work, that's all you think about all day, you know, he's just he's talking to you in what sounds like a very emotionally abusive tone, um, you know, cutting you off from your family and friends, things like that, mm-hmm. you know. I'll point those out to you and just say those don't sound like very positive behaviors. They don't seem to be helping you in any way. Right. Or to try to figure out what's making you think that you need to stay in this relationship. I don't want to be single because I see all these single women running around. Here and they <laughs> single, so I'm going to stay in this relationship because, you know, because it's better than being single. However, this person's being like super emotionally abusive towards you. Right. So it's, you know, so it helps you balance those out. And then you come to the decision and you do what you want to do. <laughs> yep. You know, and you do what you want to do. And, you know, and so it's just, again, like, it's not like once you, you're in my office for 45 minutes and once you leave my office, that's up to you. Um, right. And so, you know, of course, give you homework assignment just to help keep you thinking about it because we don't want you to just leave and then not think about things and then come back. Right. But it's to help keep the process throughout the week um, so that you can figure out what 
what it is. Right. You know what it is. But the best solutions always come from the open yourself. So there is no like telling what to do. If you do get in that situation, then that probably is a good idea to break up with your therapist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so and so with that too, you can also you know breaking up with your therapist. You can also send them an email by email if you don't feel comfortable doing it in the session because um, you feel yeah. like it's not a safe place to do that. Um, I usually tell my clients in the beginning, like if you feel like you're done, think exit entry. Um, if you feel like you're done, you know, just let me know if you like to come to the end and you want to take a little break or something, then that's fine. Um, again, whatever you decide is fine. <laughs> you know, again, you're not responsible for your therapist's finances, you're not responsible for your therapist's feelings, you're not responsible for the caseload, you're not responsible for any of that stuff. So you just have to do what's best for you. Um, you know, I just, I discourage you from breaking it off if you feel like you're scared or if you feel like, Maybe too real. Too real, like then I would explore that, right? Because sometimes you're moving too fast in therapy. Sometimes you need to slow down. Sometimes you feel like you're not being challenged enough. Uh, like sometimes you feel like you're just getting there and just talking about your day and leaving. Uh-huh. That's not therapy either. Um, if you feel like you did something, like you did a workout, like you went to the gym, right? You're not going to see results that day, but you should feel like you did something. That's good. Um, are there any other misconceptions about therapy that you think that you hit a lot? I know that I just, whenever I talk to my friends about therapy, I'm just constantly hit with, I don't want someone telling me what to do. So, like, that's the main one. I don't know if you experience other ones. Yeah. No. All of the, the only thing I'll say about telling you what to do is only it's harm yourself or harm to others. Like, that's the only time where it's just, like, no, they're very specific things. Yeah. <laughs> where I need to tell you what to do. Right. If you're going to yourself, you're going to harm to others. Like, all right, then we have some, uh, <laughs> yeah. Very specific things that we need to talk about that we need to do. Um,. Other misconceptions. I feel like there are a lot. You know, I think this idea of, like, you have to be a certain amount of depressed, right? Mm -hmm. Or you have to be a certain amount of, like, anxiety. Um, Or everything's going okay. Or, eh, I could probably figure this out. Or, eh, I have my friends I can talk to. Or, eh, I go to church. Mm -hmm. Um, All these other sorts of places where they feel like they can handle their problems up. And maybe, very possibly. It's not like everybody needs to be in therapy every single moment of their life. Right. Um, you know, that's not the case here. However, I think this idea of talking to your friends is the same as going to therapy, right? Like, see all those shirts. Right. You, see, you see a lot, like, running is better than therapy. Wine is better than therapy. Yeah. Right? Than therapy, or cheaper than therapy. Cheaper than therapy. Like, all these things, but, like, other than. Yeah, I've definitely seen the, the flash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better than therapy. Better than therapy. Better than therapy. But what's nice about therapy is that you have this objective person. You have this person who is not connected to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to speak to about, you know, the things that are going on. And so it's, it's just a different way for someone to really reflect your own thoughts and to help you really work through your own thoughts and challenge you on your own thoughts that's different than your friend who doesn't like your boyfriend or your friend who really really likes your boyfriend Mm. or your family members who you you know someone who's been like really close to your family so when you have close with your family it's just like oh you know chance oh you know your mom's this friend like you know and something that feels a little bit too connected um i think that it's just it's very very different you know you're than having your friends talk to you rather than having just this other person who, you know, who works off the information you give them. Right. Um, you know, which is also really important. And so, you know, just be able for them to work with that and to work with that information, not necessarily you having to worry, like, where is this going to go? Is this gonna, is she going to go back and be worried about me and, you know, tell my friend? Or is she going right. to go back and do all this other kind of stuff? 
so that actually had me thinking. Um, I know another thing I think I've heard people say, or maybe I just made it up, is like this idea that your therapist is like talking about you when they go out to have you with their friends or something like that. Um, no. One, okay. if you find out that you can sue them. Um, so, so, for legal reasons, your therapist is very so, most not likely talking about you when they are out, because legally yeah. they are not allowed to. If I went to the bar with Eva right now, and I started telling her specific details about a client, and then she goes and tells her friends specific details about a client, and this person is friends with this person, like, oh, I know what you're talking about, and this person finds out, they can absolutely sue me. Um, so... For that reason alone, no. And then two, um, it's just professionalism. It's just not. Right. It's just that's not what we're here to do. Is talk about you. That's not. You know. Again, like I'm talking here on podcast about very very general issues. Um, you know. But it's like none of my clients are listening to this and be like, oh my god, she's talking about me. Yeah, like none of them would be able to do that. Okay. <laughs> Which is, you know, in a way, and even though you see therapists write about clients, write about books, write about all the stuff that they've gotten permission to do. Um, you know, anything you put out about a client, you have to get written permission to be able to do it. And, you know, it's just not what the space is for. The entire point is for it to be a safe space. Therapy is supposed to be a safe space, and if the clinician is doing what they're supposed to do, that's that's what they should be doing. Um, so it's just same thing, just like your doctor, just like your dentist, just like everybody else. Shouldn't be going around and be like, ooh, do you know what this girl's teeth look like? When I remember do that girl was talking about last week. When I got right and ooh, this girl She's still her office. boyfriend, girl. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny because like my therapist thinks I'm like hilarious. And so she's always like, I guess she types up her notes at home. And her husband, she starts laughing and her husband's like, oh, you have that funny client. But she's like. I can't tell him anything you said. And I'm like, you can tell, like, he's like, I'm making jokes about, like, whatever. Like, I'm not, I mean, I don't really care. But I was like, you can tell him. She's like, oh, no, no. And I was like, dude, like, I don't, I'm like, is there, like, I don't really care. But she was very, like, adamant, like, no. But she's like, you are my funniest client. And when I'm, like, writing up my notes, I start laughing because I remember that's something true. that you said. So that's how I learned. Because, I mean, I figured you couldn't. Or you wouldn't. Like, mm-hmm. therapists don't talk love, about it. But I like, love my license. My license. I pull my license. <laughs> I want to keep it. And, and you I, worked hard for that license, I worked hella hard for that license. <laughs> I, worked, I worked too hard for that license. <laughs> Gossiping at a bar. For a happy hour. For a happy hour. What else do I want to ask? So, I want to... Oh. So, what are your thoughts on therapist race in relation to clients race or therapist gender in relation to clients gender? Um, I think that again, that's probably the best answer to every question is it depends. Because <laughs> um, I think it depends on who you are and what you're looking for and just what is going to help you feel most comfortable. Most of my clients are black women um, and they will purposely seek me out black women therapists because they feel they just there are reasons where they did not want to have to explain themselves and who they are. That's um, I've had a couple of clients who felt like they they felt like their lifestyle was so, and the way they grew up was so different than what they would imagine a white therapist grew up with, that they, the experiences they, they have had hmm. felt more like they spent more time explaining their situations rather oh, wow. than getting feedback and help. So in that case, so for them, it was really important to find someone who they felt would have a general understanding um, which, you know, again, is you put in the consultation, you want to ask these questions and you do want to talk about these things because that might not be the case. 
Um, you can't necessarily everyone have the same experiences or come from the same understanding. Um, you know, that a black therapist would understand the things that you're talking about. Right. Um, and so I think that it just, you know, it just kind of depends. Um, one of the things that I really want to do with my practice, and I have a couple of other therapists who aren't black but working under me. Um, however, we we all need to work together, and so we come from an environment where we are serving a lot of clients of color. Um, mm-hmm. And with the practice, right, just in the lead of the practice, we do attract a lot of clients of color. And so if you get one of them, really being trained in how to have cultural competency and really how to be able to talk about race in the room without it being super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So if the client has just, you know, wants to talk about race and wants it to come up because it's something, you know, because sometimes too as a therapist you have to talk about your relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do have to talk about it and be able to hold that conversation with, again, without making them responsible for how you feel. Right. Um, because, you know, that, or that they're, you know, they're at work and they have a problem with a white coworker that they can say what they need to say without feeling like they're hurting anybody's right. feelings. Right. Um, because that, you know, which is something a lot of workplace issues are huge, huge general sort of topics yep. that we talk about. Our therapists know that. <laughs> and so when some of the stuff does come up where it feels like it's very much about race, especially in today's climate, right? So mm-hmm. people are sitting here saying pro-Trump things in their corporate jobs mm-hmm. and how you handle that, right? Mm-hmm. So in that case, you might want to have somebody who, you know, whose uh, political views don't match up. Um, right. One, because of who you're supporting, like financially, like, you don't right. you know if that's something you want to And then two, just that's not going to be offended or challenge you on that. So I think people just don't want to have to deal with any of that. Right. But, however, you know, I don't necessarily think that, I don't think everyone has to, we'll say, like, be in the same race, be the same gender as their therapist. Um, I think sometimes a woman can have a really, really good and strong relationship with a male, with a male therapist. Um, you know, in a way that feels really helpful. Um, you know, I think, like, if you want to, like, if, if the therapist and the client aren't the same race, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. It does create a different dynamic of the thing you can have that conversation about like but it doesn't necessarily um, mean that this person can't right um, because you know again where somebody was trained and how somebody was trained matters a lot which right. is what you want to know and so it feels like okay like they have had enough experience and that um, they have enough self-awareness and enough awareness about their practice that they're not going to make you feel worse or you know challenge you on some of your thoughts right like no i don't think this was about race right yeah. like you don't want to hear that not in therapy <laughs> i don't <laughs> like, you know right like you know that's not something you want to hear right um, and so yikes i can't even imagine oh my god right and so it's just you know it's that and it's all things i think you think about like lgbtq clients right who, like they specifically want someone who understands those issues rather than someone who might not Right. So it's, you know, it's kind of, you're right. If you want it, I think it's, you should absolutely seek it out and find it. Um, but if that's, you know, you don't feel like that's the case, then okay, see where you want, test people out. Do you have any parting words or final advice for people thinking about getting therapists mm-hmm. or currently in therapy? Well, let's start with people thinking about getting therapists. Thinking about therapy, I think you just need to, um, start the search. Just start the search. And again, um, Psychology Today, Therapy for Black Girls. Um, there is this Open Path Collective 
Therapy.com is a, um, just Google it, it's a website where you can find therapists who charge less than their regular rate. So if you can get a therapist like between like $30 and $50, and they have them all over the country, you play at uh. one flat membership rate, and then the rest of the um, sessions are like, the therapist usually between like $30 and $50. Um, so there's, there's their psychologists are there. Yeah, so those are probably the main ones that I recommend. And again, just match people up who work with your preferences and then go from there. It's just like finding a doctor. Um, a lot of people come and they ask for referrals. And it can be a little bit hard if I don't have like details about what you want or what you're looking for. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about referring people out. Like if they came you with something that you didn't feel like particularly qualified to maybe handle, is that common, do you think? Or mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so it's, you know, like usually you figure that out during the consultation. And so you'll ask the questions that you need to ask. And then if it feels like they're dealing with something that just feels that would be better served by someone else. Um, then that, you know, kind of say, oh, okay, well, this is why I think that she would, and then that information. Generally, in that case, you would help them be a bit more specific about who or where they could go look mm-hmm. um, for a therapist, um, because you kind of already have an idea of what they're looking for in a little bit. Um, but every therapist does not match every person. That is true. Um, and so you just, so the more details and the more specific you can come up with kind of helps life out. like, oh, this person is this, oh, this person is this. And then advice for, I guess, do I want to do general public or, I don't know, because I don't know if people in therapy, do they need advice? I don't know. Do you have advice for people that aren't therapy? That are in therapy? Do they need any additional advice? I mean, I think that you should feel like your sessions are productive. I think you should feel like you're working your sessions. Like you should feel like you leave your sessions like, whew, like I did something. If not, talk to your therapist about it. Um, and someone that you hopefully develop a relationship with. Again, like you are, it's you know, it's customer client kind of thing going on there, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a right to take ownership about what happens in the session. Um, I, and there, it's really helpful when people come ready with things that they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. That way, it's we're definitely getting through all of, and you know, we're timing out and we're monitoring the 40, 50 minutes, however long you're in session for, mm-hmm. and we're getting and hitting all the points that you want to talk about. But if you wait till you get in session, you're just kind of like, oh, you know, think about the week. It can be kind of hard, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of find yourself. I, like, never have that problem at all. I'm always like, and then do you know? Like, yeah. I'm, like, the exact opposite. I come ready. I'm like, and then another thing. Yeah, which is. <laughs> like, like, right, which is. But I think and, and I think that that's good. And I think that as, as long as you feel like you are there talking about things that you want to do. Yeah. Talking about things that your therapist wants to talk about. You know. Oh, yeah. That's a good point, too. And something that I wanted to add is that, um, oh, like, years ago, I didn't realize that I had a bad therapist, um, but my roommate did because every time I would come home, she would find me drinking at the table. Um, but I don't know. I just thought it was, like, a good therapy session because I was always, like, crying in therapy. But, like, as I'm going through different therapists, like, just because you're crying in therapy doesn't mean that, like, it's been a good session. Because, like, in the end, I realized I I didn't grow in any way. And, like, nothing, none of my issues had changed. Like, I, I didn't change my thing on any of my issues. And I just would go there, cry for, like, an hour, and then come home yeah. and drink yeah. myself into, like, oblivion. <laughs> and so that's how I realized that it wasn't a good therapist. But mainly because my roommate's like, oh, I know you had therapy. So I think, um... The point I'm trying to make is that um, it's 
Stacy's point about doing the work is really important because I felt like just because of, because I was like literally rehashing the same story about like my same guy boyfriend, who Stacy knows, and like it was just like just saying the same thing over and over again. And she never really challenged me. She never really asked me why I felt that way. She kind of just let me talk. Yeah. And it's not a vent session. Yeah, that's I guess that's what I was trying to say. It's like it's not a, it's all not of my therapy session. was that one woman. No. They were just vent sessions. I didn't grow, yeah. and so I think um, yeah. I was confused because like I was crying every week and like talking about it. So I thought that I was doing the work, but like actually having had therapists that make you do work, I'm like, hmm, I was just sitting there crying and like never, and nothing changed at all, and yeah. That's um, like that's like going to the gym and having orientation in the gym over and over and over again. Because you need to, yeah. you, you know, you can spend the first couple of sessions venting, right? Because you're just trying to get information out and, you know, tell the story and give context to what's going on. But after right. that, you should feel like, okay, we're actually doing something here. Yeah. And it's a good, and it's going to be very important point. Cause yeah. Even though I, too, am a trained therapist, I still was like, yeah, this is okay. And then I was like, this is not okay. It's not okay. It's not what should be. All right. So final words before we talk to you again. Um, yeah. No, I'm excited to talk to you guys some more. And I'm excited uh, for these podcasts. And, you know, any questions or things that people are interested in knowing, I think would be really helpful. Oh, yeah. Um, as we think about topics and that kind of stuff. Um, so how can people find you? So once again, say the name of your uh, group. Group of therapists. Um, Sixth Street Wellness, like Sixth Street. Um, it's named after where my aunt, she was a um, therapist as well, where she had her practice in Berkeley, California. Um, so, yeah, which is my office. Ironically, ended up on Sixth Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was totally by chance. That was totally by chance. Like, you know. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll put Stacey, you know, website, right? Yeah, sixthstreetwellness.com. I'll put her um, website on the show notes when I write them and I don't know if you want people to find you on these mean streets of Twitter or Instagram. Um, some people, I don't know. Um, if not, you can send questions to Colony. Uh, you can send it to, you can also ask them in our Facebook group that I'm pretty sure Stacey's in the group. Um, so if you have questions, just hit us up at Colony and we will get them to Stacey as well. And I'm super excited about our partnership. And we're going to have some really good conversations and some positive worlds happen up in here. Oh, yeah. Take care of ourselves. Yes. Okay, boos, we're out. Thank you, Stacey, for dropping that knowledge on us. In the future, I will make sure you can all hear her better. But I hope that you did get to hear all that goodness that she shared with us. Um, and like she said, if you have questions, you can send them my way and I'll make sure that she gets them. You can find us on colony.com. Um, you can find us on colony on Facebook and colony on Instagram. We are also in the Facebook group colonies, cool kids. Um, you don't have to be a woman or a woman of color to be in the group. You just gotta be cool and we'll catch you next time. See you later. Cool kids. Mm -hmm.